Well, good afternoon, and thank you for listening to Community Conversations on Radio Talking Book Service. Today, we are talking with Wendy Pecoraro. She is the CEO and Advanced Practice Registered Nurse at Heal Omaha. Wendy, welcome. Thank you. It's good to be here. Thanks for being here. So I love what Heal Omaha is doing. But before we get to there, tell us how. Tell us a little bit about yourself and how you came to be at Heal Omaha. Okay, I am from the northwestern plains of South Dakota, and I my parents were or my grandparents, excuse me, were actually from North Dakota, so they were just about twenty minutes north of us. And my grandparents were the people in the community who took in anybody who was a straggler and (laughs) fed them until they got back on their feet. So I think that's where the roots were. Um, But I worked in the emergency department um, at Methodist for about 15 years, and we took care of a lot of the homeless population. And I felt like we needed a place about a block from every hospital called Mama's House, where Mm -hmm. we just gave a meal and maybe a blanket and a pregnancy test and some Tylenol or something like that, and how that would prevent so many emergency department visits. And then about seven years ago, one of my friends moved to Kansas City, and she started to volunteer at Care Beyond the Boulevard down there, which is Mm -hmm. a street medicine program. And I'd never heard of street medicine before that. And I thought, well, somebody should start that in Omaha. And then it occurred to me a few years later, I should start this in Omaha because my group of folks is the best qualified to take care of people um, in emergent or urgent situations. So Uh So how it started. So COVID happened. I opened a business. So it got delayed a little bit, but that's how it started. Well, wonderful. So tell us about Heal Omaha and what you do. Okay. It stands for Health Equity and Action League. And we are right now, there's only four of us, but there's two nurse practitioners and two physicians who go out on the street with the existing street outreach teams. And we are mm-hmm. so grateful for to them for them extending themselves and letting us go along. So it's the outreach teams from Sienna Francis House, um, Heartland Family Services, Together Inc., and... Um, Community Alliance. And Uh every day of the week, they go out and we are able to go out a couple of times a week with them. We Mm -hmm. are waiting to expand our volunteer pool until we have a vehicle. So we that's our big push right now is funding for a vehicle and we need a four wheel drive to get most of the places that we're going. So um, that's what we're looking for. And we go to the people my vision was to have a big mobile unit and, you know, I had all of these flowery ideas. And then we got a Street Medicine Institute seed grant last year and we had a consultation. Four of them came and kind of saw the landscape of homelessness, which we would have known and wouldn't have known anything about except for these organizations that helped us um, kind of cultivate that. So, they came and they said, you don't want a vehicle. That is not the um, street medicine philosophy. The street medicine philosophy is for you to go to them because any type of vehicle or brick and mortar place changes the power differential. Ah, yes. So we go find them Mm -hmm. under bridges and in encampments and alleys, wherever they happen to be. So can you define street medicine for us? It's basically going to the people. So there are so many reasons that people 
don't go to the clinics or the hospitals. And we need to go out and find them where they are because their average lifespan is 48 years. And they die from things like exposure or dehydration, heart disease, lung cancer, things like that. Things, And there are a lot of things that are preventable. So um, right. we go to them. And one of the reasons they can't go in is because all of their things are right there in that tent, everything they own. And that's something I never thought about until one of them told me that. Right. And they can't really pick it up and move it if it's a lot of stuff, Right. Right. So tell us about Omaha's homeless. I know we have a lot of homeless, and like you said, they're kind of everywhere, uh, various encampments throughout the city. Mm-hmm. So how? what are some of the unique problems here? And I'm guessing a lot of weather-related things, maybe? Weather-related things, um, hypothermia and uh, frostbite in the winter. And then now in the summer, we've seen a lot of spider bites and cellulitis or skin infection from that. A couple of brown recluse bites that have caused ulcerations on legs. So we've kept at least four people out of the hospital by providing antibiotics for them. There was one that had a joint infection that ended up having to go. Wow. So that I never thought about spiders and snakes and everything else that's out there, right? So we provide preventative things both in the winter and the summer, but this summer it's been sunscreen and aloe and insect repellent and even that powder that they can put around their tent. um, Yeah. And those cloths for around their neck for cooling and water and electrolytes and just some of those preventative care things that people don't think about. Are they happy to see you when you come? They are so happy to see us. And so gracious and grateful. We have not had a situation where we've ever felt in danger. And that's largely because they already know the street outreach teams. And Mm -hmm. now through them, they've gotten to know us. So as long as you're bringing help, I think that they have a different approach um, when they're, when we're coming to them. Good. I'm glad to hear that. So have the homeless numbers in Omaha increased do you think over the last few years, like, I feel like just from where I live in Midtown, I'm like, oh, the numbers have rather gotten busy. So what do you think mm-hmm. is the cause of that? Housing. Yeah. Yeah. Who can afford it? Right. Exactly. And then inflation I mean, following COVID, um, it's just impossible for them to afford. Even if they have SSI and Medicaid, uh, it's that's not enough. You know, and I don't know if that's this adage is still truth, the truth, but many times we've heard, you know, a lot of people are just one paycheck away from being yeah. homeless. And I feel like more than ever, like you said, with the cost of housing, groceries are outrageous. And I feel like more than ever, there's a lot of people right on that precipice. Yes. Now in sure. Omaha, at these encampments, are these legal or illegal or do the police let them be there? Or how does that work? Is that a tricky question? That's a tricky question. Uh, um, the police downtown have told me that it is not illegal to be on the sidewalk. There are encampments where the owners of the land have said, as long as you keep it clean, you can oh, stay good. here. Good. So. Good. 
if there is a safety issue and someone calls the mayor mayor's hotline about it, um, the sheriff will go out um, and they have a policy about clearing encampments, which is unfortunate because it's not, it has research, they have researched it to not be financially um, beneficial or beneficial to the clientele. So, well, right. I mean, I figure that's got to be so traumatic, right? I mean, if you don't have hardly anything and everything you have is in your tent and then they come clear it, I mean, then what happens? Then they have to start all over again? Right. That's outrageous. And they are so resourceful and look out for one another. So then there's more danger as well. So it's disappointing to see that happening. Is there a lot of violence towards the homeless here? There's a lot of, yes, there is. And a lot of robbery. Ugh, that's horrible. Mm-hmm. So Heal Omaha offers various levels of care, including mental health and social care. Can you elaborate what each one of those areas look like when you go out to help? So primarily we provide health care. We would like to provide more mental health care, Mm -hmm. and we do have a psychiatric nurse practitioner on our board, but it's difficult for us as medical providers to go assess someone, especially someone with severe psychosis or schizophrenia, bipolar. We don't know what meds they have been on in the past, and it's dangerous for us to just start something. So some of them have been seen at Community Alliance and were able to get some information and get them started before they're seen again at Community Alliance. Um, But that has been few and far between. It's been difficult to get those. I'm sure. And then to have to keep track of medication and remember to take it every day and keep track of it, right? And that is their 10th priority on their list. Right. They're looking to be safe and get food and water. And And that's their number one priority is just to get through another day, I'm guessing. Exactly. So as far as social care, what does that look like? So we refer them back to outreach. A lot of them have caseworkers already. So we refer them back to outreach and they keep track of who their case manager is, whether they have Medicaid or not. We work with United Healthcare on getting them set up for Medicaid if they don't have it. Oh, I did not know that. So homeless can get Medicaid. Yes. Oh, that's awesome. Do many of them do that? Yes. Do they take up on that? Wow. They have to reapply every six months or so, and I just found that out myself because one of our patients did have Medicaid, and then all of a sudden he didn't. So we got him um, back to his caseworker to get that done. And many of the pharmacies too will look up um, whether or not they have Medicaid and be able to then use that to get us the medications we need. But we have had to pay for some medications as well. Well, is that new or has that always been like this for Medicaid? It. I don't know how long it's been that way. It's not new, I would say. I'm just expanded so surprised. Medicaid, expanded Medicaid, I think, came out in 2021, maybe, with the oh. pandemic. I'm very surprised by that. I'm like, oh, yeah. that's a good thing, America. <laughs> Go right? Nebraska. Yeah. Yeah, I love it. So tell me this. When you go out to, to see the folks, 
did you get, does somebody come to you and say, Hey, this guy in the tent, Joe, really, he broke his arm. Can you go see him? Or do you just go and visit or do you get referrals or how does that work? All of those things. So the outreach folks know everybody and often know what people need. So they will let us know ahead of time. Sometimes they let us know, you know, you saw Heather last week. Now she's not doing well. Can we go out and see her? We have a pilot program going with Methodist Hospital that started in June. So we are consulted on every patient that is discharged who is street homeless. So it's not for the people who are going back to shelter because there are clinics that run at the shelters. So it's just people who are street homeless. And we get those referrals. And then we ask Methodists to ask the patient if they have a cell phone that we can contact them on or where they usually stay. And we go find them. And we follow them for 30 days or so till they get hooked up with one of the clinics with Charles Drew or One World or Methodists Community Health Clinic. Um, But a lot of them we continue to take care of because they won't go or they don't know what day it is and forgot their appointment. Right. Right. Yeah, that's a lot. I mean, that's a lot even for those of us that, you know, calendar. It's like, what day is it? Correct. (laughs) So I love that this seems to be like a group effort here. So we've got Methodist, Charles Drew, One World, and then you mentioned a lot of other nonprofits too that yes. seem to help. Mm-hmm. Excuse me. Um, can you tell me again? I know you listed them at the beginning, but who are some of those nonprofits that step up to help? Match is the umbrella, and then okay. to and they um, coordinate from the getting the calls from the mayor's hotline, and they coordinate the schedule of people who are going out. So we get a schedule for the month of everyone who signed up to go out on what day. Okay. And then they can figure out what vehicles there are, how many vehicles need. So it's Together Inc., Sienna Francis House, Community Alliance, and Heartland Family Services. Wow, I love that. That is like a whole army of people there to help. Yes. I didn't know that. That's amazing. Caseworkers. So we can, they can refer to us medical and then we can refer back to them for social and they work primarily with housing which is which is priority but right that's also why we are in search of our own vehicle or two because we need to, to provide medical care and that's our priority and right. we lose a lot of time with what it takes to do the housing right because right. wants us to start rounds over there oh so we need to increase our volunteer volume and we need another vehicle. Do you think that this, the homeless population is just going to continue to grow? Yes. Are we, are, I mean, well, I feel like we're in good hands with you and all the other organizations, but if council bluffs is already asking, it's like, what yes. are we going to do? Council bluffs tells me, and I don't know the actual numbers, but they tell me there are more than <laughs> in Omaha. Wow. That's heavy. So yeah. when you go out to administer the care, so is it you, doctors, nurses, volunteers, who all goes for the medical assistance? It's me and my partner here at the clinic, um, Ann Weasler. And then we have a medical director who's an ER physician at um, Methodist and another physician who is an internal medicine doctor at the VA. Oh, okay. So a whole big wide gamut of yep. folks that can help. Now, when you get out there, again, they're usually open to help because they mm-hmm. need it. Have you ever had somebody be like, nope, don't want it, get out? 
Who cares if my yep. arm is falling off? Doesn't matter. And you just yep. have to let them be. I'm guessing, right? We have to let them be that time, and we come back, and we come back, and we come back, and eventually, when they see that we're there to help, then they will let us in. Okay, good. So persistence is the key yes. there, and good so integrity to show up when we say we're going to show up. Like sure. to have a follow up with my person who has bleeding ulcers, and to say, "Here's your medication now." I'm going to be out again to check on you next Tuesday and then making sure next Tuesday you're there. Right. Right. Mm -hmm. Hmm. So when folks become homeless and they lose their home and say, maybe they are on medication, right? Maybe a handful of medication. And if they don't have Medicaid, so I'm just trying to understand Then you guys will, somebody will tell them like you you can get Medicaid to continue Mm -hmm. taking your medicine to take care of yourself. Their caseworkers will do that. Okay, yep. got it. And we, will, if we see someone that the caseworkers haven't, then we refer to them. Got it. So do you, does Heal Omaha deal with substance abuse at all? We do in kind of a harm reduction model. Okay. So we give them, we haven't gotten the whole program up and running yet, but we will provide Narcan for them and teach them about needle safety and disposal of needles um, because it's not we don't have a needle program in Nebraska. It's not legal to have that. They can be arrested for having drug paraphernalia on them if they what? come really try to dispose of needles. Correct. So okay, well that's I a no institution, right? Right, absolutely. So, so they we need to come and collect them. That changed, yeah. Geez, there's so many moving pieces that I guess I just never really thought about. Yep. And so whether, again, you've got somebody with substance abuse ranging from a sore throat to, like you said, bleeding ulcers. Mm-hmm. So we have winter coming up as we get through this horrible, what they're saying is the coolest summer for now. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, great. And then winter, do you think one is worse than the other on the homeless? Or is it equally just taxing to be out there? without maybe just any shelter but a tent? I wouldn't say it's equally taxing. I would say summer is much better for them, especially if we have a summer like this and people provide cooling stations, although I haven't heard much about cooling stations this year. Um, But the winter, there are less people out. They are more likely to seek shelter. Um, There are more people out in the summertime. We just did a point-in-time count two weeks ago, three weeks ago, and I don't have the uh, number on that yet. Um, HUD requires it in January, which is not a great time to do it because they're less homeless and they're trying to figure out funding for what, you know, what they're going to provide for funding. Um, So we did one in July. So we'll see what those numbers are. Okay. So I was just going to ask, how are your services funded? So you're a nonprofit, right? Grants. Grants. Oh, boy. And donations. Yes. So we do, um, for our supplies, we do an Amazon wish list. And on our website, there's a link to that. There's a link to donate. And we have a chart to kind of show people this is how much it would be to get a prescription for someone. This is how much an x-ray costs, things like that. Um. Yeah, I have that right here. So like $100 for an x-ray, 250 
for a fully stocked street bag, $500 for one month of drinking water. Wow. So that's not cheap. I mean, these things add up quickly, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. So Amazon wish list. We'll get to that in just a minute because I know yeah. we can help with that. So when you go out again to help people, I feel like in America, oh boy, here we go. Um, I just, our healthcare system and lack thereof, and it's a trickle down, I feel like. And then the people that need it the most, like the homeless, I mean, here we are. So do you see any changes in the future as far as helping the homeless go from the government or any positive changes? The only positive change that I have seen since we started this is that Medicaid created a point of service code for the street. Mm-hmm. So now healthcare providers can get reimbursed for taking care of people in the street mm-hmm. starting in October. So we have to navigate that right now and get our providers <laughs> credentialed um, before we're able to charge for that. And then there's the you know, how much does it cost to get credentialed and is that even worth it compared to what we're going to get from Medicaid? Right. Well, how about this? How about a success story? Is there one you could share where maybe somebody didn't want help and you helped them and everything turned out great? Or I'm sure you have a lot, but one that sticks out. There's a few of those. Um, There are three people um, who were out on the street with untreated HIV that we got connected to the Nebraska AIDS project and they were able to get their medication and help through them. And then there was a patient who was 38 years old and had coronary artery bypass the year before. And he was out of his medications for four months, which is a recipe for disaster and hadn't followed up with his cardiologist. So we got him his medications until he could get Medicaid and then get in with his cardiologist. Oh my gosh, that's got to be scary. Yes. So, I mean, you deal with big things like that. Uh, mm-hmm. Heart problems, cancer, I mean, everything, right? Yep, pneumonia. Yeah. So and that, that particular pneumonia patient couldn't leave his tent. He was too weak to leave oh his tent. Gosh. He refused to have 911 called. So then we crawl in the tent and listen to his lungs and get his meds. Wow. I'm so glad that we have you guys. That's incredible. And like you said, if Council Bluffs is asking you for help, oh my gosh. So tell us in your words why you think health equity is a basic human right. I know that's a loaded. It (laughs) is. And we all need help, right? It's heartbreaking. And this is heart work for me. So someone should not lose their home and their livelihood because they get sick. So yes, we have a patient who um, had a heart attack, a young guy, 52 years old, had a heart attack. He's a construction worker. He lost his job. He lost his apartment. He was discharged to his car after having heart surgery. And then he got pericarditis. And it's not a world that that this should happen in. We are not a country that this should happen in. Agree completely. Did things go crazy with COVID in the homeless encampments? Did COVID affect them? Yes. And that's when they opened the non-congregate shelter where people who were very much at risk were able to be um, isolated. And the health department and 
and the shelters did a lot of COVID vaccines and that sort of thing. Okay, good. I feel like, well, that there's another wave coming through. So hopefully if there's another shot offered, they'll go get one as well. Yeah. So any other big plans for Heal Omaha other than finding a four by four, more help? Getting <laughs> oh the four by the four and more help. That's pretty much what we need right now because we have a list of people who want to come out with us and I would love to get them on board. It's just waiting for those vehicles and then um, having people do diversity, equity, inclusion training, safety training before they go out and our process for accepting volunteers is pretty rigorous because we have developed a lot of trust in the on the street right now and we don't want to jeopardize that yeah that makes total sense so wendy what do you do for yourself to take care of you after a hard day on the streets helping folks do you have a hobby that you love something that relaxes you I love to read. I love Pilates and I just started rucking. I had never heard about it, but it's walking with increasing weight in your backpack, which also helps me on the street because our backpacks are pretty big and some of our encampments are pretty far away. So we can Ah. walk up to a mile with our backpacks on. So Okay, good. Well, I just want to make sure that you're taking care of you, lady, because this is quite (laughs) the job. So if somebody wants to find out more information, what's your website? It is healomaha.org. And on that, we can find an Amazon wish list. What are some of the things on the wish list, like medical supplies and stuff like that? Medical supplies, dressing supplies, those scarves um, that you can wet that keep you cool, um, cold packs, sunscreen, um, bug spray. All, all the things. Okay, yep. good. And then in the winter, the list changes a little bit. Oh, I'm sure. Hot packs and socks and gloves and things like that. Okay, good. So healomaha.org, Amazon wish list. It changes per the season, so you can check back more than once a year. Yes. And then you also have a link to donate. And like you said, you have that handy-dandy chart that shows like $25 covers one street round visit. So that's doable. We can all help for sure. Is there a number that you have if somebody wants to call? Yeah, it's 402-509-4111. All right. Well, Wendy Pecoraro, thank you so much for all that you do for the Omaha and Council of Loves Homeless. We need you. You've got a hard job and we are with you. And thank you so much for taking the time today. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. You bet. Thanks for listening to Community Conversations, a radio talking book service.